You. Are now. And for those of you who don't like the screams, duck out now. About to witness. We tried the no scream version, didn't work. The awesome crushing might of you and Robinson show ready stop sorry my man we tried it and the numbers are against you everybody seems to prefer the screen anyway this is V 60 yeah that's right five six zero of the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stopper. Theme today, Islam, Islamism, Fascism, Irish sports stars, all on the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stopper. But first, the words from Bob Riley, singer for Stigmata, from their record, The Calling of the Just. The song is called Intro slash All of Nothing. Still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, where they hit your car with a hammer. Online, Revelation Records. Go and buy it. Stigmata. But first, let's have Bob sing the words that make it all make sense on a certain level, kind of, sort of, for the show that never ends. Kind of, sort of, possibly. Bob, sing the words, please. And of course, here it drops with Mike Manley on guitar. It drops. Mike Manley, tattoo artist extraordinaire, by the way. I'm on my way back when I could not see so clear, I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. Both of them. Obedient, paid back in full, always nothing. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, my friends. First of all, uh, it's earlier in the day than usual. I got stuff to do, so let's get it done. Um, those of you who stepped up to patreon.com, P A T R E O N.com slash the stomper, those of you who stepped up. Even those of you who had to like say, oh, I was given 12, I have to lower it to 10 because I got some bills to pay this month. Even those of you who stepped up in, what month are we in now? In April, in March, God love you. You, 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 you do, you're, doing, you're doing heaven's work. I appreciate it. The show appreciates it. And believe it or not, all the freeloaders who couldn't even get up off of a dollar, they appreciate it. Somebody gave me a hard time, if you've been following the Twitter feed, about um, what they felt was me jumping to conclusions uh, in regards to Irish sports stars. They said they think it's very unprofessional of me. They say, aren't you a journalist of some kind? I go, oh, yeah. The Folio Magazine Award I won when I was doing Code Magazine, as well as the six Maggie Awards, the magazine awards, 
as well as the one SPD, Society of Professional Designers, for the magazine I did in LA. And most recently in 2014, the OGA Award, Online Journalism Award. Yeah, that's the journalism professional. This opinion and commentary, and I will not hold my own, I will not hold my tongue, I don't give a shit. Extradite me to Ireland. In any case, uh, uh, you want professionalism, sometimes it's a better part of valor right here. That's what I'm doing. But I, I don't want to get down into begrudge land before we get into the show. Uh, I just want to say that thank you for those of you who donated, those of you who I own phone calls to. For those of you who don't know, if you donate $10 a month, you get a phone call. So I own a phone, I owe a phone call to, I think, to Don Darrow. Sorry, it's coming. I got a couple others to use who I owe phone calls to. You got to remind me. That's the way it works. I still have a shitload of audio books, a fight, everything you want to know about asking, but forget you get your ass kicked for asking. Audio books. Uh, I, I, that's a double CD set. I got to send some of those out. Haven't gotten to it. Sorry. It's a complicated thing that I got going on. I got some workmen in the back. They blocked the thing where I store the robe. I got to get out. It gets complicated. But I'm going to do it. It's not like I forgot. But this is my way of saying thank you. Whether we can repeat the success of March and April, it's up to you. I'm not going to talk about it now. I got other things to talk about. Uh, but let, let's do a little more housekeeping at first. Tonight at 9.30 California time, Pacific Standard Time, at ozzy.com, ozy.com. There's an article I took, uh, I wrote about another cheat, uh, type of cheating scandal. I go, uh, 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 what's the headline? Something about uh, cheating your way into college uh, the old-fashioned way by breaking and entering. It's, a, uh, uh, it's kind of a Huck Finn, uh, a Tom Sawyer story about a, me and my best friend in high school. I think you'll enjoy it. I'll tweet it out. So if you follow me at Eugene S. Robinson on Twitter, you'll catch it there. Um, and, or, uh, uh, my Facebook page, or let's see where else. Well, that's probably about it. Um, or you can just go to Ozzy.com to check it out at nine 30 tonight. And it'll be up all Monday as well. Tweet it, tell the world, share it. If it amuses you, uh, God love you. So anyway, let, let, let's get right to it. Um, let's get right to it. And, um, if you don't have the patience to stick with it, wait until the show's over. Somebody will explain to you in the comments. Now, there's a guy, a Princeton professor, he's, he just died. His name is uh, Bernard Lewis, and he's written extensively on the Middle East, all right? And, um, and his take on the Middle East, I'm not going to get into it super deep because I could go on and on and on. Keep in mind that um, what you see an earmark of Middle Eastern politics uh, these days, which is a certain type of anti-Semitism, um, wasn't wasn't a long-standing feature of Jewish relations in, in in the region. It wasn't until the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem, who was causally connected to to Hitler, um, and was a virulent anti-Semite himself. This is before the creation of the State of Israel um, held sway. Before then, I'm not saying it was. Uh, uh, before then, it was very different than after the Six Day War. Um, before then, you know, I mean, Jews have existed in the region clearly for thousands of years, at least 2,000. Um, they weren't being driven from their homes quite yet. This was in response to 1947 creation of the state of Israel. Look, so Bernard Lewis says, imagine for a second that you are the Ottoman Empire. Look up on the map, the Ottoman Empire and the tremendous 
amount of sway that the Ottoman Empire. Imagine for a second that you are ancestors of the people who built the pyramids, who, cre who created written language and arithmetic. When people in England were, were dying from the Black Plague and bogs, the Ottoman Empire was creating silk roads and, and selling incense and myrrh and really major accomplishments. Imagine being that. Imagine that was a single individual who suddenly takes a nap somehow and wakes up to an industrialized world of the 1920s, say around the time of the First World War, of which nobody cares. They have been at odd times colonized. I'm looking at you, Algeria. British Palestine, the Saudis, not colonized, but the Saudis clearly were sitting around in the desert, approached by Standard Oil. So listen, we know that you have oil. We on pretty good authority that you have a shitload of oil here. We will send over our engineers, our technicians, our tools, our derricks. We've had much success with this strategy in Texas and other parts of, of, of the US. I'm looking at the text, the tweets. All you have to do, we will help you with this oil for a minor percentage fee, Not, nothing major. It is your oil. But how about this? You agree to put it in our banks. That's all. It's your money. But your banks and we get the benefit of using your money, interest, we can loan on it, we can develop. Saudis go for it. It is like Fredo on a global scale. When Michael says to Fredo, you know, we took, I, I took care of you. You took care of me? I'm your older brother, Mike. You ever think about that? That's the Middle East. These are Arab nations. This is the Ottoman Empire. You're going to take care of me. You are going to take care of me. You bog jumpers who were dying from the Black Plague when I had created arithmetic and built pyramids and enslaved like two-thirds of the world. You are going to take care of me. Somebody said, you want to understand, and it wasn't Lewis who said this, but somebody else said, you want to understand a little bit about Middle Eastern politics? Go watch Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, it's a Hollywood movie. But if you need to understand what's going on, go on there. That was an insult. So start out with now you have an aggrieved, an aggrieved older brother who is being taken care of. Well, at the on the least end of it is being you know pimped uh, 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 colony style. Used to be uh, Algeria. So you have a basis for somebody being a little peckish, being a little cranky, being a little sulky about their global standing at this point. You got America putting in despots in, in Iran. Iran, it was, you know, Sunnis, Shia thing, that's real. But it doesn't change the fact that it's all Islam. Putting in Reza Pahlavi, the Shah of Iran, with his fucking famous torture centers. 
a guy who's a who's who's a bag holder for the U.S. You ever think of how that makes me feel, Michael? You ever think I'm your older brother? So now I'm giving you a peek into the mindset. Okay. Now, 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 look at it. Now, now I'm looking at it since um, since since nine eleven. I'm looking at. I'm going down the Richard Chamberlain road, all right? And the Richard Chamberlain road, which he's he's been, Richard Chamberlain has, was kind of a piece of shit as a human being, and but not well rated, and gets a knock, well deserved for being for appeasing uh, the Nazis. But I'm like, okay, you know what? How about this? You know, I if you're a father and your kids are screaming, if you know, thirty seconds, yeah, yeah, a minute. You say, okay, I gotta come. I gotta, I gotta walk softly and carry the big stick. What's the problem? Well, he did, and they did, and they we got, and we're gonna, and we're gonna. Okay, 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 okay. I'm gonna settle this. Okay, you got the trade center. Got it. What do you want? We helped you fuckers with the Muja. We helped you Mujahideen to drive. We, yes, a proxy war. Sorry about that, but the fuck. Fuck over the Soviets in Afghanistan. We helped you, but you know, they left. They beat it out of town. We won that. Yeah, but you just left us. We left you. Shit, God, you left. Here's Fredo going, I'm asking you for stuff. I got to ask you for stuff? How about I fight you now? Or you pay. You pay. You pay. Nah, 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 I don't want to pay. I don't want to pay. I don't want to. Okay. All right. You know what? You know, let, let, let's look at it this way. You know, 9-11 happened. Fuck it. I know we attacked Iraq. Ah, yeah. Okay. There was all this confusion. What? Just on the face of it. What, what, like, okay, can we make some accommodation? What do you want? Like, I remember being in Japan and watching these super intense cheerleaders. Who are these fucking cheerleaders? They're not cheerleaders. Better look like cheerleaders to me. They go, that's the fascist party. They look like cheerleaders. He says, well, that's part of their shtick. You know, they do, you know, it's like not the pom-poms and the sis boom ba, but it's all these muscle guys and they're dancing around and this great forceful Japanese thing, you know? I, and I said at the time to my friends in Japan, I go, so what's the thing? They say, well, they want the U.S. out, okay? And they want the return of the emperor. I go, what, that's it? I guarantee you, if the Japanese were blowing up our fucking buildings and that was their program, Okay, we don't want to negotiate with terrorists. We don't want to reward terrorism. But those things are easy enough to do. We're minimizing our presence every day in Japan anyway. The rapes of, 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 of civilians notwithstanding continue. And I'm not really willing to see Japan as a victim quite yet, you know, because I still have lots of friends who are Chinese and, you know, Nazi Germany, Jews, Japan, China. Okay, we got it. So what is a program? How can we make you got your fuck? You were our allies before. Now you're your enemies. How can, what do we need to do to appease you? Okay, well, we want infidels out of the Holy Land. What? You got it. We're putting the money in your banks, Saudi Arabia. You don't need to be here. You, You don't need to be here exerting fucking influence. We don't want you here. You don't have to be here. Okay, great. We'll leave. Anything else? Yes, yes, yes. What, well, what else do you need? We're, we've left Saudi Arabia. 
you know, left Iraq. We let you guys, you know, we'll leave you to your own. Well, you know, we, we want the situation in, in Israel. Well, you know, that's got to be negotiated. But, okay, we're, we're willing to negotiate a two-state solution. Uh-huh. What Anything anything else? Well, yeah, there's just this third thing on the list. What's that? Well, it's just a small thing. I'll, you know, go ahead. Dish it. I'm, I'm ready. Well, I got my pen. Well, we want the worldwide caliphate. What, what does that mean? That means we want everybody to 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 uh, uh, worship Allah and, and and convert to Islam. Huh. Well, that's kind of kind of a tall order, you know. We got a lot of people in the world, and and uh, we don't know we can guarantee that. You know, well, is that is that non-negotiable? Oh, yeah, it's pretty much non-negotiable. What well, well, what do you mean non-negotiable? Well, it says here that we should be killing infidels. Or at least jihad against infidels. So that's really non-negotiable. You got to convert, or you got to you got to convert. Okay, so this is the point at which you realize that you're not doing business with with straight shooters. And I'm going to tell you some fucking truths that nobody is talking about. Much like Irish sports stars, nobody is talking about these truths. They're talking about the rise of nationalism. Nah. See, that's the alarm set for when any people try to creep up on me. The international, uh, the global rise of nationalism. Where does it come from? Where they're running around like analysts are running around with their chicken chickens with their heads cut off, like the MMA press in regards to Irish sports stars. Like they don't know. If you're old enough, you remember in the UK the riots in Brixton. Linton Quasi Johnson saying. No, uh, uh, I don't care what they say. Come what may, we are here to stay in England, right? We're talking about uh, West Indians, colonized people go move into England. We're talking about Africans, various colonized people coming from Africa, move into England. We're talking about Indians, colonized people from the UK going to the UK, Pakistanis going to the UK. In the 80s. Street riots, cops, cop cars burning, Thatcher, the whole bit. Packy bashing used to be a thing. You black bastard, the, the new specials record. He says, hey, when I came to England for the first time, my father, this very learned man, called him a black bastard on the streets. The Brits were shameless. But they accommodated. They absorbed and embraced. Why? Why? Why absorbed and embraced? Well, what happened? Well, in the end, you know, a guy raised in the British West Indies was probably more British than he was West Indian. Same work ethic. They made movies before the 60s were over, you know, extolling the virtues. Okay, fantasy and reality, it didn't match up from Sir uh, to Sir with Love. It wasn't all kumbaya in the streets. But I can report having been to England in 1990 is after the Brixton riots that I never got stopped once by the cops for sus. Things had kind of evened out and absorbed and embraced. At a certain point, too, uh, if you go to France, a friend of mine who was an expat who moved to France in, in 87, he was like, every single black skinned man I see over there is 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 hitched up with a hot French broad. You got to come over. 
said a friend of mine in 86, 87, France. Now that causes a certain amount of agita. We've talked about that on the old knuckle up about the, the baser biological impulses. It all comes back to penis. We don't admit it to ourselves, but fundamentally that's working. When I almost got into that fight in the mission about seven weeks ago, because that guy felt the need to comment on the quality of my marriage. He was motivated by pure biogenetic interest. Like I'm standing on the sidewalk selling pamphlets and this fucking mummy looking guy who's not just much better than me has got this hot woman with him. Fuck him. Understood. Understood. I remember walking around Japan with a friend of mine. I said, I need to get my shoe shine. She goes, oh, there's a guy here. Put my foot up on the thing for the guy to shine it. And the guy was, he was oozing hatred, which I just, you know, I'm one of those guys, what do you say about, who don't like you and they're happy to see you. You don't like me, then I'm happy to see you. And I'm saying, you missed a spot. So what's this guy's problem? He speaks in English, he doesn't speak English. She goes, I imagine he's upset, you know, what? What, because he fucking bombed and raped his way across China? That's my fault? It's biogenetic. Access to gene pools of the future. This is why rape is an instrument of war. And yet, these West Indians, Pakistanis were absorbed. So why the rise, without a concomitant rise in nationalism, so why the rise in international nationalism? Post 9-11. Now you've got, you, you got guys whose houses are on fire. Guys whose houses are on fire in in uh, in, in in Jordan, in um, uh, Yemen, in, uh, uh, in in Pakistan, in, in various Islamic countries. Houses are on fire. Can't live like this. Gotta go. But like the Mariel boat lift in 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 uh, uh, Scarface, with a lot of the good come rebarbative elements that nobody wants. Very public and vocal ones, especially in regards to the UK. It sucks where we are. So we're gonna come where you are and talk about how it sucks here too. Why? Because you haven't embraced the worldwide caliphate. I mean, all a West Indian was gonna do was hook up with your sister or your girlfriend or the girl that you liked. And create, you know, these wonderful, what they call half-caste kids in France and in the UK. But this is very different. Scandinavia was another hot spot. Said, ah, you know, if you're if you got black skin and you're a celebrity, you black skin and you go to Scandinavia when you are in and aggressively in the minority, you are what they're called exotic, and you guys are racking up eighties, nineties. In in Germany, it was it was uh, German Turks, also part of the Ottoman Empire, were reduced to imbus owners, cab drivers. Were, uh, my old drummer used to lure them down with promises of selling them weed, beating up and stealing their clothes, Turk bashing. The head of the skinheads at one point in Germany, a guy based in Berlin, was actually biracial, black guy, father was African, 
and they were set on set themselves on Turks. Germany can't function without Turks. Because people Germans are not screwing enough to generate enough kids for the labor forces of the future. So the Turks fill in, and what with the Turks came baggage that was exposed to Germans. Honor killings at bus stops. Honest killings at train stations. And in general, an unwillingness to um, embrace the normative uh, mores of, uh, of, of the surrounding dominant culture. Jimmy McKesson in Sweden, who we know as a fascist, is motivated by the same shit that Breivik in Norway was motivated by. He wasn't motivated by seeing some hot woman walk down the street with somebody with black skin. He's motivated by the unspoken threat presented by uh, 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 the same sort of rebarbative element on the religious fundamentalist side. These guys are having a conversation that only tangentially involves the rest of us. That plane went down in that fucking field in, in, in uh, uh, Pennsylvania. There were only two or three people on that plane who were in that conversation. Everybody else was just, it was like watching a family fight, and next thing you know, your fight. So let's not act for a second like this fucking anti-Islamic fever is ideological. It's animal-based, primal brain fear shit. A hundred percent. Which in my mind makes it totally fucking reasonable. Every single, you, every, and, and believe me, if you don't think, no American is concerned about Mexicans. Not really. All of our fucking produce, Vice Magazine did this piece on it and said, okay, oh, see how many how many white cats they can get to pick produce. One guy, white guy, showed up, put ads where I couldn't get anybody to show up to pick, pick arugula and other vegetables. Couldn't do it. Farmers are complaining. We're, our seasonal workers, we're having a hard time. You can't, we can't get, get what the fuck are you doing, Trump? So they like the rebop, the, the, giving it to the man, bucking the system. In the establishment, cutting back on environmental regulations that they had the government tell them how much they could fertilize their ground and where they could run their cattle. But now suddenly they can't get seasonal workers. No Americans are showing up for those jobs. Oh, well, maybe if we paid them more, Americans would show up. The guy said, yeah, maybe. As part of the article, I offered more, higher salaries. Couldn't got like one fucking white dude to show up. We have realized that there are fundamentally easier ways to make money. But we don't really care. The Mexicans are not stealing the jobs that Americans want to do. We're not concerned about Mexican drug, unless you're in certain neighborhoods in LA, you have Mexican gang members you give a shit about. It's like Fight Club. Most of our experience with Mexican nationals in America is, is non-professional. They're busboys and waiter. You know, it, it, it's they are not part of the professional class in large numbers yet. That's not. We're not. We don't have that kind of property-based fear. But we've understood very clearly, and they've made, Trump has made the connection between porous border and the possibility 
of all that shit that happened in 9-11 leaching in through the Southland. And people bought it because they understood a few things. They understood the two towers that are no longer standing in New York. They understood planes going into the fucking ground in Pennsylvania. And they understood the very real fucking deaths, coffins coming back from Iraq, you know, from Afghanistan, from fucking Yemen, from, uh, 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 you know, Syria. They have an understanding. And we've conflated the two. Now, there, there had been a village uh, in, in, in World War II, and I want to say not a Swiss village. I'm pretty sure it was uh, maybe a French village in Chambord, or I'm getting the names wrong. And this village had, had said they had established, there's a hospital there, and they had established a policy. Oh, my God, I forgot to put in the ball. Sorry. You guys have been just listening through the mic. The pipe got me confused. Let's see if I can get this right. Hey, I got the blue ball. That should work. It seems like it is. So they had blue ball. Courtesy of viewer, Roma Raider. Thank you, man. And he sent the camera, another camera too, which I can set up for maybe a side shot. I haven't done it yet. I'm going to do it. I didn't have time today. It was a big rush. So this village said, we are going to, we're like a, a non-aligned hospital thing, right? We will take care of French soldiers. We will take care of British soldiers. We will take care of Nazi, German soldiers, American soldiers. Anybody who comes here, we will patch them up, tend their wounds. They can stay as long as they want, or they can return to fight. It's up to them. That, you don't get more noble than that. In other words, it undercuts this whole premise, war premise. The thing that has young men out killing themselves undercuts it. Hitler sent them a letter. And in the letter, Hitler said, I want to thank you, you know, for taking care of our soldiers, making them, you know, useful products of the machinery again, I guess. I want to thank you for that. Thank you very much. But more importantly, I'd like to thank you for convincing the other side not to fight. Boom! <laughs> we, on a very animal level, have realized that there are forces afoot in this world for which there is no such thing as appeasement. As soon as the third part of that program opens its mouth vis-a-vis -vis fucking worldwide caliphate, you gotta go, you, I can't get 10 people to, to agree uh, I'm going to give all you guys $100. I can't get 10 people to agree to that. Oh, yeah, well, uh, huh? I don't want your, well, you think I look like the kind, you can't get that kind of agreement. You will never get it. So what you've done is embrace a total fucking license for permanent, permanent, but total war and chaos. People have done the math. Intractable. Intractable. It's a, it's a corporate a corporate power grab unfor, heretofore unseen. And there is a connection. Nazi ideology, uh, Nazi ideology was about natural order. Somebody said Hitler wasn't so much a racist as he was a racialist. He really wanted an open field of play for what he thought the best race was. 
He was convinced enough that he was willing to have it be a product of total war. And when it was clear that Germany had lost, famously he called for a Nero order that Speer did not fucking put through. And his attitude was, the German people have failed me. Which fundamentally he was fine with. Because his attitude was, let the best man, let the best race win. I'm convinced it's going to be us. The mongrel nation of America, we have nothing to fear. He was allied with he was allied with with uh, Japan, Asians, but he didn't think too highly of Asians either. Nationalism doesn't necessarily equal Nazi, but it might equal world war. Now you're missing, yeah. Okay, that's, I'm not kind of really going down that road. I'm going down the road of that. This nationalism is not born of, of racial ideology. It's not even born of racialism or race. It's born out of animal fucking fear. Possibly a very reasonable fear, not of race mixing, which is more of an abstract thing. I mean, the Germans had a very strange relationship to, 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 to people with black skin. They thought we were subhumans, but, you know, like animal, useful like animals would be. So they had mass sterilization programs for the, for the Germans who were also African-based. Utility was a big deal. We could use you or make use of you. To make you, to, to be, to, to use you is probably healthy. To make use of you is why people have Auschwitz soap. Somebody told me, Leslie, have you heard about this Auschwitz soap? It's a real deal. Some of the Germans who escaped to South America gave it as, as a gift to some of their hosts. It's so from Auschwitz. It exists or existed. I don't know if these bars of soap are still running around. Look on eBay. It's different, make use of, very different. So uh, on a certain level, on a certain level, we are pinioned between, you know, an unmovable force and an intractable force. But the, 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 the extreme nationalistic response is a response to, you know, uh, you know, extreme religious fundamentalism. It would be beautiful if we could find a way to get those people who will not budge from their positions, hardliners, to face other hardliners in a place and a space away from the fucking rest of us. Because fundamentally, I, like a large portion of the other Americans that I share this country with, just want to be left the fuck alone. We are not ideologues. We're barely nationalists. We just want to be left alone to pursue our own fucking interests, as meager as they might be. Hey, Marge Madness, eh? World Series, Super Bowl. I know a guy whose wife just left him because they're about 62, last kid's about to leave to go off to college. The wife is like, my husband's never read a book. Never read a book. He goes to work, he comes home and watches TV. I do not want this to be the rest of my life. She's not converting to Islam. So when you see somebody like Khabib Nurmagomedov feeling like and cozying up to cats from Chechnya who believe that 
uh, uh, gay people should be uh, reprogrammed, shot, and beaten are like the Sultan of Brunei who suddenly said, hey, you know what? We're going to punish gay sexual activity by stonings and beheadings. Uh, and Khabib sees that there's a show in which a woman is wearing a bustier and he feels a very public need to, um, to you know, to find common cause with, you know, uh, people who think our society is way too sexualized. By what? Banning it. All those Porky's movies, banned. You ever walk, see, you see, ever see a bin in an in a, uh, in a, uh, Islamic country with a woman who had a t-shirt on was walking down the street? This shit doesn't even pass muster. I mean, you don't even, if you live in a place that's wholly, wholly and healthily westernized, doesn't mean shit to you. You see a woman on the street in a t-shirt, you're not thinking anything. Like, what am I gonna have? Maybe I have the tuna for lunch, and then maybe I can get some cake over there. Oh yeah, they said, well, yeah, okay. Oh, we just got the cake. You don't think? Connor McNuggets, alleged Irish sports star rapist, sees start uh, uh, um, uh, was goaded into this. Well, I don't know whether he was goaded or whether it was a chicken or egg. I don't know what. But he responded, he responded in full McNuggets S fashion to a photograph, a wedding photograph of Khabib Nurmagomedov that many of us had the same, same, same thought. Okay, Eugene, would we have had that thought if she had a veil? Well, Western culture is more presentational. It's more show me. It's the biggest day considered to be the biggest day of many women's lives. They're not going to have. They're not going to have, even if it's a veil, it's a short face veil, you know, 1930s style thing. You could see the bottom half of the face or the eyes are peeking through theta bearer, some shit like that. They're going for it. They're going for a thing. Not an entire covering. So you don't have any idea of what the woman looks like at all. Police blotter description of Khabib's wife. Well, uh, she likes white clothing. All right, so he says, hey, mate, looks like you got married to a towel. Okay, so we know, we know, we all got nervous at that point because we know Tupac, Biggie, we know that that shit is crossing lines that's going to get somebody hurt. Why do we know that? Because of the worldwide caliphate. We're seeing young men in the prime of their lives give up pussy, pork, gambling, alcohol, and strap bombs to their bodies because they believe fervently that unless the whole world becomes Islam, that they are going to do their level best to bomb us into it. A vast majority. I got plenty of friends who, who are uh, 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 Muslim. A vast majority are peaceful. Doesn't make a fucking bit of difference. Look, let me tell you something. A vast majority of bees are peaceful. But if you existed in the U.S. in the 70s, you were panicked about a very small portion of them, African bees, also known as killer bees. The billions of other bees, we're fucking deathly worried about them now because they're dying off. We're going to fucking fertilize plants for our crops. Oh, my God. People still talking about killer bees. They've been 
they've been bred out of significance, but this was a real concern. Now, Tupac and Biggie, we've been able to see, or recently Nipsey Hussle, we've been able to see that, you know, local beefs <laughs> or Jam Master J, that this shit is actually serious, that there are cats who will pick up arms if you step over the line and encroach upon their fantasy perception of, like, uh, one of you guys I got into a, a, a internet beef with, and I had to explain, there's no reality to any of this. Guy wrote me offline. If you follow the Twitter feed, you know who I'm talking about. And he wrote me offline. He goes, hey, man, you and your followers like kind of ganging up on me. And I was like, hey, hey, man, hey, this is the realm of ideas. This doesn't mean anything about except these conceptual notions about things that we happen to be talking about. None of this is personal. And vast portions of it are comedic. You cannot take this stuff personally. If you do, you're in trouble. You are in trouble, right? And I had this happen to me with some Mossad guys who were staying at my house for a bit. And they're trying to impress upon me how serious things are in Israel. And I am, I am essentially delivering all of my lines from the, from the firmament of Western not give a shitism. He's like, oh, it's very tough. And I was like, yeah, it must be pretty tough with those teenagers with those rocks. He goes, oh, no, no, this is, you know, it's propaganda. And fundamentally, I agree with the guy, but I don't like his attitude. I'm sitting there eating eggs and, uh, and bacon. This is when I used to eat meat. And I'm, I got eaten breakfast. And I'm, yeah. He goes, no, you don't understand. And this is before I really understood the Israeli kind of mindset. He goes, we got to, I go, no, 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 I understand. You got a tank and he's got a slingshot. I got it, man. I got you. He's like, no, but you, we, we learned how to kill. I goes, oh, you learned how to kill. Hmm. What do you care? And then he fucking got so angry, he grabbed my butter knife and held it to my throat. See, you could have been dead there. And I just had to laugh at him. I said, you're going to let me finish my eggs or you're going to kill me? You got to understand, here we don't give a shit. Your country, that's the state of New Jersey, we don't give a fuck about you. Finally, Israelis understood that. I've been to Israel huge numbers of times. I was shocked at one point, and I felt naive for doing it when a young guy with piercings and tattoos, who would have been perfectly an Obama guy over here, was like, I fucking hate that guy. And largely, he said, he put it in, he framed it nicely. He goes, I don't give a fuck what happens to America. I don't give a shit what happens to you guys. All I care about is this country. And I was like, oh, right, right. Because that's fundamentally what we've been telling you forever. So how do you play it? How do you play it? Well, uh, uh, McNuggets doubles down and goes, oh, I know what's under that towel, a goat. The first one, justifiable. The second one, trying to get yourself killed. The first one was understood as what it was. It was a salvo connected to, connected to an appearance that could have had a line drawn from it to what? To a certain Western knee-jerk uh, uh, um, anti-Islamic fever. However, yes, that's the death cat. The second one, saying there was a goat under there, yeah, now we're getting close. It would be like talking about a guy from Mississippi and making a joke about a goat or a sheep or his sister. 
You're trading on some largely drawn cultural stereotypes, but rather than suck it up and, and, and sulk and steam about it, like everybody in the South does routinely since probably 1865, there was no denazification program at the conclusion of the Civil War. So you got guys still down there fighting that war. The South will rise again, actual bumper stickers. Okay, sure it will. I say that and fundamentally, I feel more comfortable in the South than I do in large portions of the rest of America. South, the relationship between blacks and whites in the South, with probably the exception of Florida, feels much more uncomfortably or comfortably like family, which is very different, very different from how things fucking shake out in Boston, say. But McNuggets, make no mistake, is on the three Ds on this one. This is all about distract, deflect, and I want to say disrupt, but that's so, uh, what does he say? If someone described themselves as Mossad, that means they were absolutely not Mossad. If someone says they don't talk about their past, then maybe. Actually, the reality of it was they never told me they were Mossad. My roommate, whose brother-in-law worked for the U.S. Justice Department, was friends with these cats and brought them over. So he told me that they were Mossad. They never copped to that. Yeah, even when they were holding the knife to my throat. So, uh, so McNuggets is all about the three D's at this point. You know, distract, uh, um, distract, uh, deflect, deny. It should be disrupt, but that's become such a Silicon Valley word that I, I've jettisoned that from my vocabulary right now. Oh, disrupt, 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 disrupt. Oh, fuck off with you, disrupt. That's the reality of it. So those of you who were upset with my professionalism that I was being a member of the MMA press, MMA press hasn't recognized me as existing. Like Jordan doesn't recognize the existence, or Jordan does, but so several Middle Eastern countries don't recognize the existence of Israel. You have to have your visa stamp if you're in Israel on a piece of paper so that when you show your passport, it doesn't say, we can't let you in. Why? Well, because you've been to a magical, mystical, make-believe country that doesn't exist. So you're crazy, we can't let you in. Israelis sometimes are nice enough to stamp you on a piece of paper so you can take the paper out of your passport and hand them the thing. So there is there is a causal connection between the shit that McGregor is saying, that McNuggets is saying, to keep himself relevant, that ties into a dominant theory that makes us instinctively understand that he is going to get hurt. Consider this a mark of his desperation to get the focus. And those of you who said, well, he has a, he was arrested. As we talked about on the, if the shoes fit, or, or sorry, if I did it, my PR strategy is immediately go home. Go home to Dublin. If anything else you do seems to be part of the three Ds, go home and deal. I mean... The three or four million dollars that you were trying to find uh, 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 flow to the woman to buy her silence, not nearly enough, bro. Not nearly enough for the for, for silence. Because other people come for other offers. So we can get, what about a movie? We can make this into a movie. We'll get you movie rights. We'll get you on talk shows. We got 
suddenly this person has got much more coming in. I've seen I've seen pride cause people to lose their entire lives. What's done is done. But if you could, any day that you can wake up and stay away from the judiciary system is a good day. What, what, what are you saying, Eugene? Well, what I'm saying is you're going to make an offer that shows that you're serious, make a serious offer. You got $100 million in the bank. If it's me and I'm guilty, I give 30. Nobody's complaining about 30 mil. Nobody's coming back. If you squander 30 mil, that's on you. You can resist. The only thing that th- 30 mil can get you whatever kind of fame you want. You can still get the book deals. You don't need a conviction. You could talk about what happened. You could fabricate anything. That's real walkaway money. Three mil, nothing when everybody knows you got 150 and more where that came from. Three mil, chump change. My anus is not chump change. So it's a real interesting tight wa- uh, tight uh, 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 tightrope balancing act that he's pulling. Trying to stay relevant. Lead balloon. I quit. <laughs> All right, good luck to you. How much did, how much did the ball one budge? Not an inch. Not an inch. Well, you know, you need me. Yeah, well, you know, he can still, you know, garner a lot of interest. Still, like the blood type that can be matched, like the blood type that can be matched with a lot of different blood types. The reality of it is him against Tony Ferguson, winner. Rematch with him, McNuggets, I'm talking about, in Khabib. Nobody really needs to see that fight again. It's not like it was close the first time. But we'd watch or watch a lot, the loudmouth Irish guy get beaten up. Yes, we would. Alleged rapist, anal rapist. Yes, we would. Him against Max Holloway again. Dustin Poirier. These are, or, you know, Mayweather makes his, re- his entry into MMA. You know, that again. Whatever. Him against Paul Malanagi. Whatever. Is it a huge deal? Not as much as before. Is it a big deal? Yep. But you know what? McNuggets is heavy, but he still doesn't weigh more than Ireland. And people in Ireland are willing to deal, but $3 million is not a deal, not when my anus is concerned. Even though you will note if you've been paying attention, that I said that my anus was probably worth at least $400,000. But I'm not an attractive 20-year-old white woman. I'm a, you know, 215-pound, 56-year-old African-American lifelong martial artist. People figure I had it coming. So my price, my anal price is probably a little lower. So here, we, the, the prevailing themes that we have are um, grievances addressed, justifiably expressed. The Ottoman Empire, you know, uh, 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 subdural anger and rage, 
mutated into, uh, you know, a, 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 a mordant approach to to future orientation and a willingness to kill, animal fear, and a desire to prevent this from happening, driving a certain nationalism. And on the other side, a kind of Florence Nightingale-esque blindness to it all. You know? You'll notice, for example, one of the guys said, you know, I knew that the only thing I could do, these people were living in terror, was to take in a family of refugees. And he took in a family of refugees. The same week that that heartwarming story of some guy in the UK, I think, who took in a family of refugees from some whatever, Syria, was also another story about a young family in America who adopted some kids who appeared to be brown two brothers, and the 11-year-old brother of the pair shot the family to death. This was mostly only told via Fox Media. What do you think that they're telling us with that story? Writ large and writ small. What do you, you know, people who are adopted, yeah, they, have, they have a hard time, but this is not about that. Jim Crow in America has ah, about political power and, and so forth. Maybe about a biogenetic thing, like, you know, don't want you bringing home biracial kids, you know, don't want the large schwants, you know, ruining my chances. Your genetic primacy, yeah, yeah, I got that. Well, it wasn't really until the 60s that people believed that there was a possibility, a possibility of real existential threat. which is what radical Islamism has presented us with, a very real existential threat. I mean, even an ex a full extension of the Nazi worldview. It wasn't like, okay, if you are, if you are Indo-Aryan, you were fundamentally okay. It, 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 it wasn't like, it wasn't like you, you, and again, not all Germans were members of the Nazi party. This wasn't a prerequisite. You weren't killed if you weren't a member of the Nazi party. But these ideologies, you know, a willingness to do wet work, by which I mean, put your gun where your mouth is, and the prevailing ideology that, that brooks with no compromise make negotiation very difficult. So whether it's Norway or Sweden or Germany or France, um, and in France right now you have enough Algerians there where the problem is anti-Semitism. People are not concerned so much about, yeah, the guys at Charlie Hebdo, were uh, Islamists who were motivated by, you know, the, the cartoons they had run of the Prophet Muhammad and so had to shoot up the whole press room. That was rare. Not for radical Islamism, but rare for France. Garden variety, daily anti-Semitism, Jewish cemeteries being, uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, uh, you know, what I, what's the word, the D word that starts with... Uh, not destroyed, but vandalized, not a D word. Um, 
This from the cats from Morocco, Algeria, homegrown. Pretty much, we are responding in a very animal way to the fact that somebody has screamed fire in a crowded theater. You scream fire in a crowded theater, people start running really nilly, hither and yon, bumping into each other. That's where we are now. Are Muslims coming to the U.S., a Trojan horse? What is your view? Do you think that all these good deeds are representative? Uh, hold on, hold on. You guys, you know, that texting fast and furiously, and we're in the last 10 minutes of the show. I'll, I'll try to get it in. What are you saying there? Uh, where is it? Where is it? Uh, um, <laughs> uh, hold on. You say they weren't Mossad. They were just misunderstood. That's why. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so hold on. Uh, are Muslims coming to the U.S., a Trojan horse? What is your view? You think that all these good deeds are representative of the path? The hell of that? No, look, look. I mean, all I was in Brooklyn at the time where all the stores were still owned by Italians and Jews. The Italians left first from Flatbush, and then the Jews left. And then the Jews sold their businesses to either Latinos or Middle Easterners typically Palestinians. And I have to tell you, those Palestinians in black neighborhoods were not fucking nice. They were not friendly. There was no brotherhood between us and, and the Palestinians who owned the stores that we went to. It wasn't until 9-11 that there was a lot of brotherhood. Brother this, brother that, brother, okay. And then, and then we're like, yeah, Americans and black neighbors, yeah, America finally got a taste of its own. And then Bin Laden opened his mouth, and they got some tapes of him referring to blacks, African-Americans, as slaves. They were like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, I see. Hey, fuck you. Wu-Tang even put out a thing about, you blow up our buildings? And so it became pretty clear. We heard that. Heard it understood. But our existential threat in America is probably, you know, yeah, we've had to make some changes. The lines are longer at the airports. If you fly a lot, you don't want to die. But it's not like, uh, and you got the guy going into the disco, but he was motivated by anti-gay animus, though he himself was on grinder and a confused ideology. He wasn't part of some Islamist front line to, to go for the worldwide caliphate. We've, we've been fairly given our landmass separation outside of the events of 9-11. We've still felt, I mean, do we need to, Trump is maybe correctly identified, like, the fuck are we doing there? It's a very New York attitude. The fuck are we doing in Iraq? No, they don't have shit. What are we doing in Iran? What, 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 are we, what are we doing in Syria? Why the fuck are we there? That's not enough. I let, you know, like even George W. H. W. Bush said, so we could you, sir, could you during a press conference, can we talk about the Middle East? Because I don't want to get into that. I don't want to get into that. That's crazy. People have been crazy forever. They haven't actually been crazy forever. The craziness began with the Grand Mufti. Before that, it had just been Lawrence of Arabia. People trying to herd cats. That's it. So McNuggets, in order to avoid punishment or distract, you know, distract, deflect from uh, one of, you know, probably the world's oldest crimes. I don't know that that, that was anal rape was the world's oldest crime, but certainly rape, allegedly. Well, no, it's not allegedly the world's oldest crime. It's been as an instrument of war. Look at the gene markers from Genghis Khan. 
That guy raked his way all across. Oh, another very powerful empire, much like the Ottoman Empire. Genetic supremacy. Gene markers on what? 37% of the people on the globe, but still touch you. 23, do a 23 of me for Genghis Khan. But the degree of desperation with which Con, which uh, McNuggets is trying to recast a narrative that catches on is kind. It's kind of it's kind of eerily reminiscent of of kind of what Trump is doing and his high wire act. Is that how the report came out? I'm exonerated, and they said, "Well, we haven't really seen it. We don't know." A 300 page report, you know, distilled into four pages in a bar. Heavily redacted Bartha. We don't. We don't really know. Oh, we're Pfizer. Well, we're going to subpoena the report. Well, ooh, distract, deflect, deflect, deny, distract, disrupt, deflect, deny. Trump is much better at it than than McNuggets. Because those of us who are into the fight game are looking at McNuggets, going, "What the? What the fuck is? You retire? Now you're unretired. Now you're this. You're that. They're saying he's married to a farm animal." Four-legged farm animal, now you're this. You're everywhere but in Dublin. Talking to Kavanaugh, straight blast, guys. Where's your team? Who's got your back? Who stands with you, McNuggets? Now, there's some guys who are all in the due process. They don't want any, they don't want any Oxbow incidents, any illegal lynchings, no lynch mobs. Fine, I'm down with that. Go back to Dublin. Face the fucking music. If you're smart right now, you'll negotiate a deal. 30 mil to this chick, 5 mil to the Kinahans for fucking brokering it. Everybody should be happy. It's 35 mil. You still got a bunch left. Clean up your fucking act. You got to realize, you got to realize, you know what? I was hanging around with porn stars. I was asking about a drug at one point. I go, how much does that cost? She looks at me and goes, I don't know. What do you mean, you know, do you realize since I was 14, she says to me, I've never paid for drugs. Ever. Ever. Men gave her drugs. Always. Celebrities are the porn stars of public life. You don't have to ever buy drugs. I want to hang out with a dude. Hey, I'm talking about this from experience. Some guy sidles up to me in Minneapolis, goes, hey, uh, Eugene, got a minute? I like his manner. I said, yeah, what, what's, what's happening? Because I got something for you, bro. I go, what, what is it? He goes, here, take it. Presses it. I go, what is it? He goes, oh, man, just take it. I go, no, 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 what is it? He goes, it's Neurotin. What is it? He goes, man, you take it, you feel like you're in a fishbowl. I go, what, what's it really used for? It's an anti-epilepsy uh, medication. I go look it up later. I take the pills. I go look it up later. He goes, but come on, hang out with me. The first time I meet the guy, the guy gives me a Neurontin. He's all like sketched and kind of weird. Second time he, we go back to Minneapolis, he shows up. He's got a woman under each arm. He's like fly guy. He was like this nerdy guy, kind of like Zane. Yeah. Came back, fancy haircut, glad got contacts, got two women. I go, you still taking Neurontin's guy? I got sock. I hook you up with something better. I never took that Neurontin. I looked it up online. It was connected to suicidal ideation. That's their end. Unless you're gay, K 
can't offer me sex, got an in. McNuggets needs to understand like Johnny Boney Joni with his dudes at the Mini Mart. These cats, proximity of celebrity is not enough. They got to get in. How? You think he's paid for the paid? Oh, he's not out buying drugs. You don't have to. They come to you. Clean your shit up, bro. Cut a check. Stop it. This is still within the redeemable zone. Deflect, deny, that's fine. It's expected. Getting yourself killed in the process is certainly another way to recast the narrative, but not a super successful one. You're talking about a grievance that goes back as far as the Ottoman Empire goes back. That's why things won't be easily solved or settled in Israel. You got two aggrieved peoples going fucking hooks and tongs at each other. And now BB, in part of his election campaign, says, you know what? We're going to annex. It's, it's, it's not going to stop. But fundamentally, what you have is your little loudmouth friends getting into a fight that will inevitably fucking drag you all under. Palestinians are the same place that the Irish were before they made a de- started making deals with Sinn Féin. Because the stupid, romantic Americans and this idea of the troubles, it had become an industry. We were, the IRA was making money as a result of being the IRA. They were no longer pursuing policy objectives. They were getting paid. We don't know what the average Palestinian thinks because the average Palestinian has any idea of rapprochement. What happens is they get killed by a Palestinian authority who tows the fucking party line. And the party line is fundamentally, if we solve the problem, we don't get paid. If we have a full-scale war, we don't get paid. So we have to constantly be on the verge of almost solving, but never quite solving. There's been a a fundamental functioning two-state solution from as far back as fucking Vegas. Nobody's bid on it. Arafat, the guy's winning the fucking Nobel Peace Prize. Nobody bid on it. This is a fight that though deflect, distract, uh, uh, might help, deny, might help, the three Ds, but has a stronger chance of fucking hurting. This is a whirlwind, and you will find yourself torn to pieces. As far as I'm concerned, I'm still doing the very American thing of, I, I see nothing, I hear nothing, I just want to be left alone to my own devices. You're creating a situation overseas by calling these fucking people racist. They're afraid. Yes, yeah, racism is a product of fear. Yeah, but you're not, it's not so much that fucking racist. You see a guy kill his sister at a bus stop in Krefeld, Germany, you might be a little nervous. He did that to his sister. So, we got a fight coming up next weekend. We just did the care, don't care preview. Out of 13 fight, 14 fights in the card, I actually, strangely enough, cared about five. It's not a recommendation pre-ESPN Plus, post-ESPN Plus, where I can get it on my phone and watch it anywhere. Yeah, sure, fine. I got it. Great. Cool stuff. Cool beans. But if I had to pay per view or I had to do anything or go somewhere, do definitely not. Not five out of 13 or 14. But watch the show on Tuesday. Tuesday at 7.20, you got If uh, if I Did It, 
followed by If the Shoes Fit. We're switching up the time of the Care Don't Care preview because it's something about Steph wants to do Crookie and Mookie. So John Nash and I, we just recorded it, but it'll be going Monday now. Care Don't Care preview will ha happen Monday. Tuesday at 7.20 will be If I Did It, immediately followed by If the Shoes Fit. We talk about all things Lost Battalion-esque. Yeah, and, and if you don't think McNuggets was in there, you're wrong. His total lack of awareness about where he is in space, it's not so much you always have to win, but you can't have people see you lose. I quit. Watch what he, what's a bald one does now. Okay. Hmm. That's not really what I was expecting. Baby, you don't straighten up, I'm going to leave. And your wife goes, go ahead. Beat it. Actually, now I want you to take your box, get out. So there you go. This is the end of the show. I, I, I'd like to have a neatly drawn bow on the top of this package, but there is no bow. We, we have no room for bows. We're not going to globally convert. And we understand that there's no rapprochement from the other side either. So we have our lunatics against their lunatics. And you got innocent people, the large, vast majority, huddled in the center, hoping that things work out. Corollary, the cognate. As MMA fans, watching. Big fucking spider. Anyway, you got the shows. You can hook up with me at Eugene S. Robinson on Twitter. If you want to go Instagram, Mr. Sleep3. If you want to pay a dollar for what you just heard, go to patreon.com slash the stomper. If you want to enjoy this on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash stomperville. On YouTube, it's the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper. Click the little bell at the top. It'll notify you about other things we have coming up today. Later on, you have what? The JJB, baby. The JJB, where we break down the top flight jujitsu moves for those of you who are BJJ for life. Other than that, that's the end of the show. I'd like to put a fucking bow on the top of the package. There is no bow. At this point right now, we're watching McNuggets with bated breath. He's still worth watching. But I'm not watching in the same way. I kind of feel that way about rapists or alleged rapists. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. Thanks for sticking to the show. We'll see you all soon. Until then, look what you made me do! Ah!